podcasting in general is always going to take more time than you allocate, especially the editing, and especially if you're new to editing. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Hello again, podcast friends. On this episode, we are going on a real adventure with Kathy Polkrebeck, the intrepid co-host of XX Will Travel, a podcast for independent women travelers. She is also a writer, editor, and occasional performer in Chicago. I can't wait to unpack the details of her podcasting journey. Thanks for joining us, Kathy. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am doing well. Um, The sun came out today, so that's good. That's very good, especially this time of year. So we're recording this uh, the last day of January, so we're right in the thick of winter right now. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so I have to ask, I have a lot of questions for you, obviously, but let's start at the beginning. How and why did you start XX Will Travel? Well, um, the short answer is that travel is a huge part of my life ever since I was 20 years old, and I love talking about it. But I noticed that if I were talking to people who didn't travel so much, they kind of didn't get it, or they thought that it just you know, that I was just bragging about all these cool places I'd been. Um, or else the other thing they'd tell me, they'd always ask, like, well, aren't you scared? Isn't that dangerous? You, you know, you're going to all these crazy places. And they weren't crazy places. They were like, you know, Paris and Japan and civilized places. Um, so I was just really frustrated with how men who travel are these bold explorers and women are, are seen as putting their lives in jeopardy. And I wanted to create a safe and positive space where women could talk about travel as much as they wanted without getting any of that negativity. And I also noticed that there were few to no podcasts about women's travel specifically. So it really appealed to me to create this space. And then I met my co-host, Inez Bellina, and found that she was a very experienced traveler and kind of shared the same philosophies that I did. So we fleshed out the idea and we pulled our resources and decided to start a podcast. I love it. So I have a question. So here you're talking about a topic, women travelers, that's been, um, maybe it might be a little strong to say taboo, but I, I don't think it's It's too far off base. And then you enter a world of podcasting, which we all know has sort of been uh, predominantly male, although we can argue that that's changing. So I'm just curious about your perception from a female point of view of coming into podcasting as a woman, talking about uh, a topic related to women only. I totally agree with you that women's travel is a taboo topic, and my co-host and I sort of, our slant is that it's a feminist act to travel as a woman, a woman, which is really a shame, because it should be an equal opportunity thing, and it shouldn't be a big deal that a woman is traveling. Um, yeah, it was weird coming into 
into this the podcasting sphere because it is so male dominated. We have encountered a lot of very supportive men, but in in my experience, I've noticed that the small population of women that are podcasting are just much more collaborative and uh, willing to to lend a hand or to help you with the problem. And I'm not, you know, I'm I know some awesome male podcasters too, so I'm not discounting them. But yeah, it was, and I'm from the uh, association world, the nonprofit world, which is predominantly women. That's my day job. So it was, it was very strange coming into a male dominated field. Do you feel a sense of empowerment that you have this mission behind your podcast that you're really serving a community um, and actually doing good with your podcast? How does that feel? That feels awesome. Um, We actually started a series uh, of episodes on our podcast, a how-to series, and we broke down how to travel or how to take a trip. And it starts with picking a place. And that was in response to people saying, women saying, it's so cool that you do this, but I don't even know how to buy a plane ticket or how to get a passport. And I think as a traveler, I just kind of take that stuff for granted that I've been doing it for so long. So to step back and really go into the minutia of the process and feel like the podcast is enabling another woman who might be afraid of, of stepping out of her comfort zone and traveling. That is super empowering. I love that feeling. And I kind of feel like it's my passion and my mission to like, just get someone to take a trip, you know, because you don't have to go across the ocean. You don't have to go to another country, like go on a weekend trip by yourself. Just the fact that and not even by yourself, go on a group tour, do whatever you want to do. But I just want women to know that the option is there and the world is not a scary place. And if you love the world and step into it, it's going to love you back, you know? Well, you're definitely accomplishing your mission. I've been listening to season two the past couple of days, and I came across your um, instructional series and it's come to me at the perfect time because as it turns out, I'm going to the PodFest Multimedia Expo in a few weeks in Florida. And I I thought that my husband was going to be able to travel with me, my little travel security blanket. And it turns out that he can't. He's got a commitment. He just cannot get out of here back home. So I will be traveling by myself. And here I am, I'm in my 40s, and I haven't really traveled by myself. And I started getting very anxious about it. And the more I listened to your podcast, the more I really felt like this isn't as scary as I'm making it out to be. And I switched my mindset to thinking of it as more of an adventure. And now I'm actually really looking forward to it. So I thank you for that, because that is a huge uh, shift in my thinking about this whole thing. That is great. And that's exactly the type of attitudes we want to foster. A lot of people think when they think about traveling alone, they think about all these like women who do round the world trips or have been nomads for years. But it's that they had to start somewhere. Like you have to start somewhere. And a trip to Florida 
is just a val as valid a starting point as a trip to France. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, adventure is adventure, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's a new experience either way. So, okay, good. I'm feeling good about that. So thank you for that gift your podcast gave me. So I have a logistic uh, question for you pertaining to podcasting. So now that you have a podcast related to your travels, how has that changed the the lens that you use when you're actually traveling? Because I imagine while you're out there, you've got to be thinking, oh, like maybe taking better notes because you know you're going to be bringing that information back to your audience. How has how your actual traveling changed because of your podcast? Well, it's a good and a bad thing. It's good because I pay a lot more attention now, but it's kind of bad because I feel obligated to pay attention where instead of just enjoying a moment and living in it, you feel the need to document, you know? Um, so it's good because now when I make re recommendations to people where before I was like, I stayed at this really cool place. It's in Barcelona and not remembering the details. I know exactly where I stayed and exactly why it was awesome. But I know that because I have to come back at night and and document it and write about it. So um, it has changed the lens. It lens. It's made me a more conscientious traveler, for better or for worse. And you know, as I, I mentioned earlier, I've been listening to several episodes of your podcast, and so far. I've heard a very positive take on your travels. Uh, do you? Will you say something negative about a hotel or about a restaurant, a tour, if you experience it? Or do you try to keep it positive and, and leave the bad experiences out? I think we take a very positive tone. And that is in part because there's so much flack about women traveling. All you hear, as we mentioned before, all you hear is about the fear factor and how you're going to get assaulted because you're by yourself and you really shouldn't have been and put yourself in that position anyway. So, but when it comes down to that, we're totally honest. For example, I went to Jordan, to the country of Jordan, and I hated the capital city with a passion and I hated the hotel and I will no longer use Priceline to find hotels because I think they're a little deceptive and I know what I'm doing. I can only imagine stuff that happens to people who are using it for the first time. So um, I enjoyed the rest of the country. I thought the people were lovely and the food was great and, and every other part of the country, but I really, really disliked the capital city of Amman. And we put it out there, you know, and we realized that other people might disagree with us, but I feel like that's part of our responsibility as travelers and as people with a platform to talk about travel is to tell both the good and the bad. And I imagine that builds trust with your audience too. Yeah, I sure hope so. And they're welcome to, like, my experience was only one experience, and it was kind of under crappy circumstances. So maybe someone else will go and have a great experience and, you know, tell me what to do next time. 
we're, we're open to stuff like that too. Yeah, sure. Okay. So now I get the impression now you sort of travel and then bring your experiences back and talk about them. But are, do you do any sort of on location recording where you're in the moment and you take some time to record some audio and video, or are you moving in that direction? We hope to move in that direction. Like if we find a really cool place, a cool hostel or a restaurant to actually interview the owner or the proprietor and be able to give them some, some credit. Our first foray into live recording was good and bad. Um, it was when we, we did a one year anniversary show where we brought in storytellers and we held it in a bookstore and volumes bookstore in Chicago, which is a really great place to patronize and a really great team to work with. Um, and we had like great energy and really a positive response and a huge crowd considering that President Obama was in town, Kim and Kanye were in town. There was a Cubs World Series qualifying game going on. There was the Chicago Marathon the next day. So like that these people came out was really amazing. And then it didn't record. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I have maybe a rogue opinion about live uh, shows. I actually don't like recording live shows. And um, I've, I've done live shows uh, with my, my private, my personal podcast. And I've always felt that it should be a live experience. You kind of have to be there to get it. And part of that is because I don't like listening back to other people's live podcasts because I find that there's something I'm missing by not actually being in the room with all those people. And, and the sound quality is usually not as good. So this is just... I'm just telling you this to maybe make you feel better about it. Like maybe it was a good thing. Was, and and by the way, I heard the episode where you you reenacted it, which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're really fortunate that the storytellers were so willing to just record their stories and and share them with us again. But I kind of agree, unless when the guy who helped us is like a tech professional, it just was a bad circumstance. Um, but I think that unless you have an NPR quality team following you and recording it and mixing it, that that's, I love listening to those live recordings, but you're right. You kind of lose some of the magic when it's, it's when you don't have that level, that sophistication and that expertise, you know? Yeah, sure. And um, yeah, I, I really do like seeing podcasts get out and do live shows. And I think it's a great way to connect with real people, you know, see their faces and see their live reactions. And I also think, let me know if you agree, but I think as a performer, because really that's what we are um, as podcasters, I think it helps us up our game because when you're in front of a live audience, you sort of really are aware that you kind of have to be a little bigger than you normally are. And I think it helps your performing skills. I totally agree. And as an introvert, hiding behind a microphone is the best. Oh my gosh. I am also an introvert, Kathy. Oh, a card carrying proud introvert. 
Exactly. And there are so many of us. And I think we all have podcasts now. Oh, yeah. It's the best thing. You can talk to hundreds, maybe even thousands, tens of thousands of people, and you never have to look them in the eye. Exactly. <laughs> and if you don't feel like being on, you just record another day. So sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard the podcast, uh, The Introvert Entrepreneur, um, but it's I had her, I've had her on the show and she's great. And she made that. She really pointed out to me why introverts make great podcasters. And when she said it and explained it, it all made perfect sense why I was drawn to this medium. And plus, I think podcasters get a lot of do-overs. Like you have, you hold the, the editorial power. So if you find, if you say something and you think you sounded dumb or you're uncomfortable, you get to you get another chance. Yeah, I like second chances and third Me chances. Too. <laughs> Possibly fourth. All right. So I have another question for you because you are now a member of the media now that you have this podcast. So I'm wondering if if when you travel, do you do you tell hotels that you have a podcast, a travel podcast? And is it on mission to to get a free hotel room? Uh, through your podcast or is that off mission? Um, it's both. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's on for your sake. <laughs> Me too. I don't think we've, okay. So travel blogging is huge. I feel like everybody has a travel blog and there are metrics to support your unique views and your reach where I don't think podcasting, especially since um the majority of us are distributed through iTunes, which releases no metrics. And we, we get pretty general metrics in terms of how many downloads we get and, and where our, where our uh, listener base is. But I don't have a lot of things to point to to say, hey, you know, when you have a blog post, you can say one million different people read this blog post wouldn't it be great if we stayed at your hotel and wrote about it and gave you this exposure when hotels are really a minimum investment like how much are they losing a hundred dollars are they paying a hundred dollars for a million views on a travel blog where if i go to my podcast and i say i think we have and these aren't our real numbers but i think we have a thousand subscribers there's no data to back that up so pushing the podcast to get hotel stays or tours or stuff like that has been really difficult. We've been offered tours of hotels. (laughs) (laughs) Next time you're in our city, come take a tour of the hotel. And it's kind of like, that's not the point. You're almost there. Well, my last episode of Podcasting Smarter, I had the pleasure of interviewing Vernon Ross, and he pointed out how when he is approaching sponsors, and I've heard this from other savvy marketing podcasters as well, they collect and add up all their social capital. So not just their downloads, but, um, and he actually doesn't reveal his downloads, which was uh, a little different of an approach, but he adds up his, his social media followers and his blog and all of his social media accounts. Um, and collects all that influence into his presentation. So that's something to consider. And um, I know at least with Podbean, I can't speak to everyone's statistics, but we um, we do include downloads from iTunes in our total download, download numbers. So um, 
what you don't see is how long people listen, um, although I think we're working on that. But you can get a, a fairly accurate account of your listenership. But I think podcasts are so much more than just downloads because we do have a lot of social capital on top of that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And we are starting to build more of, of, as you called it, the social capital and find more followers because I think that speaks um, speaks to the, the popularity and the renown of your brand uh, and engagement as well. Yeah, it's just tough because I feel like there's so much to focus on in terms of social and blogging. And I have a partner to do this. Like, I don't know how people do it by themselves. And it's a struggle for us, especially since we have, we both have day jobs to push out two podcasts a month and then to promote them on our social media channels. So it's, um, it is a lot of work. It really yeah, is. Yeah. It's, I think it's way more work than it's way more work than we, we realized. So where are you in terms of how seriously you're taking your podcast? And I mean that in the sense that do you and your partner, do you want to support yourself with this community and this podcast and this media empire that you're building? Or is it strictly a hobby and a passion project? When I envisioned this podcast, one of my goals was to travel for free because I've been seeing travel bloggers doing this for years. So it's not, it would be nice if I could, I could make this into a career, but I don't think, I don't know. That's a really good, great question. And my other goal was to build skills, build marketable skills that I wasn't getting at my day job. So ah. I have accomplished that, I think, but um, we haven't really gotten to the point where we get the free travel and the perks. So at this point, I think that's what we're working for. And with those perks, I think we'll have more recognition. So it, it's kind of like one thing feeds the other, I guess. I, I never envisioned myself as a full-time podcaster, uh, but that would be maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that's... That you're halfway there if you can visualize it, right? Yeah. So what, what skills have you, have you added uh, as a podcaster? Let's see. Time management, um, the soft skills, the interview skills, social media. You, everybody thinks they know how to do social media until it's not on your own time and it's not as a hobby. Because I think you have to be more strategic than you recognize if you're just, you know, oh, I have a Facebook account. I know social media. So um, I definitely built up the social media skills. Audio, this podcast started with no technical knowledge whatsoever. So I, I know our sound quality is something we're constantly thinking about um, and improving. So I'm learning about that like every day. So those are those are a few of the things that I've learned. Okay, so I'm thinking about your future right now. And I know a lot of podcasters, when they get into sort of the business of podcasting, you'll see them start coming out with products that complement their shows. Maybe it's a book or a webinar. Have have you and your partner thought about doing your own travel tours under the XX Will Travel brand? 
That would be amazing. I would sign me up. I would love it. I would sign me up. I I will pre-sign up right now. I think I would trust you so much to, to lead me someplace that I've never been. Well, that means a lot. And that means that we're doing, uh, we're doing something right. And we will, we will take that sign up into consideration. Um, no, that's not something we'd ever considered. I think we're just trying right now to expand our listener base. And um, yeah, maybe that would be a great future idea. I mean, if you're willing to take a chance on oh, it. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I think it sounds like so much fun. Here I am. I've had you in my ears for you know several weeks, and I'm listening to your adventures and your experience, You know, not being a, a world traveler myself. I would love to have somebody experienced and other and other women who are sort of in my boat join me on an adventure with a trusted resource. I think it's such an easy sell. All right. Well, we'll work on that. We'll get on it. <laughs> just an idea. Feel just free to a, steal just it. Just a little idea. <laughs> a self-serving one if, at that. Okay. So what do you think your strengths are as a podcaster? What are our strengths? We really know our stuff in terms of travel. I think together, if you combine our total countries, we've traveled to more than 50 50 different countries. We've done different types of travel. Like I've done business travel. I've volunteer traveled. I have traveled by myself. I have traveled on tours. I've studied abroad. So that is a strength. Um, I don't think there's a lot of information out there for women travelers in general. So I feel like our expertise in that area is a strength. What are our other strengths? Um, We're good. We're good interviewers and we enjoy chatting with people. So that's helpful. (laughs) That's that's definitely a bonus skill. All right. So what's your kryptonite? What's your podcasting weak spot? This is going to sound so dumb, but it's anything technical. We Another strength is that we're really fast learners, but um, anything technical is going to take us longer to pick up. And that means web development, and, and it took us a while to get our audio sounding really good because we're basically learning on the fly. So that would be our, our strength or our weakness, I think. Got it. All right. If you could give a new podcaster a single piece of advice, what would it be? Well, going back to the social media, I would say that's going to take a lot. You're going to invest a lot more time in social media than you ever thought possible. Uh, my other piece of advice would be, I have so, so many. <laughs> <laughs> my other piece of advice is going to be that podcasting in general is always going to take more time than you allocate, especially the editing and especially if you're new to editing. Um, my third piece of advice would be not to focus on the downloads at first, focus on the quality of your content And my last piece of advice is to pick a topic you love so that you'll never get tired of talking about it. And that's certainly something you've done. Yeah, I could talk about travel for hours. This podcast could go on for hours. Oh, wow. Okay, so I noticed I signed up for your newsletter. And I was just happy to see that you have a newsletter and I can't wait to get one from you. So it got me thinking about, I was like, oh, they have a newsletter. And I noticed you have a sponsorship from Ciderbox. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought, these ladies, I bet they've got a five-year plan. Like, they have, they have a future here. Um, so I'm wondering about your monetization model, where you're at now, and kind of where you want it to go. Oh, man. We actually, we have two, two sponsors. We have Ciderbox and we have Girl Squad Tours, which actually does exactly what, um, <clears throat> what you'd like us to do in terms of organizing women's travel tours. So you might want to give them a look. I will. And a five-year plan. I really don't think we have one. We're just kind of winging it. Um, continued growth, I guess. We do have, you know, I just said don't look at download numbers, but we do have targets for downloads, a number of social media followers. So, but no specific no specific benchmarks in terms of a five-year plan, which is maybe something we need to get on. <laughs> well, just, you know, it gives you, I think targets are good. And I, I think thinking about the future is good. I've seen a lot of podcasts that I've enjoyed sort of disappear over the years. And I always, when I see that, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they had a five-year plan. <laughs> it's so true. I, what is it? I think... What is the stat? Is it 60% of podcasts fold after after six months or something? Yeah, and it might even be higher than that. It's it's huge. It's a huge number. It's a huge yeah. number. I have a friend, and or maybe it was Vernon, my last guest. Yeah, it was Vernon. He's now a friend. He um he said like part of the ba- half the battle is just outlasting everybody <laughs> because it really most people is. go away. Yeah, yeah. I've seen so many people come and go, and it's. You know, because it, I don't think people people think you just record it and post it and you're done. And that is not the case, as we have discussed. If only it were so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought of a five-year goal or actually okay. a goal this year. We have listeners in every every U.S. state except for North Dakota. What is going on with North Dakota? I have a hard time getting listeners in North Dakota as well. <laughs> is that what? I've never heard anyone else say that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um, yeah, like that's yeah. It's, I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're are they doing a lot of farming out there? <laughs> Just too busy to to pot, to listen to podcasts. Or is it like a Wi-Fi thing? Is the Wi-Fi really sporadic? Maybe I don't it's know. a Wi-Fi thing. Yeah, and then there are certain states where um, podcasting seems to be more popular, like. California. There's a lot of podcast listeners in California, I find. Yeah. And we have a lot of listeners in Texas too, which I, I have no connections in Texas. My co-host has no connections in Texas and it's, we're a pretty liberal podcast and Texas is, this is me stereotyping, seems to be a conservative place. So maybe it's all those tech people in Austin who are listening to podcasts. Yeah, it must be the Austin people. Um, well, you must have international listeners, I imagine. Yeah, we do. We have quite a few of the U.S. is our our uh, number one listening base, obviously. But Canada, the U.K., um, where else? A few in Australia, but mostly English-speaking countries. But it's amazing. Like we have listeners in Germany too, which you know a lot of people speak English in Germany. But those are our, those are our big ones. I don't know. Um, my co-host is Peruvian, so maybe we'll have to 
have to do something in Spanish to capture that market. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I always get a, a kick out of um, when I get like one listener in one you know sort of obscure country, and I'm like, I wish I knew who this person was. <laughs> yes, like who is listening to me in Russia? That is what I want to know. Or China. Yeah, yeah. How did they find the How did they find the show? And what are they doing right now? Yeah, it's it's very fascinating. Okay, so to wrap up, I have a couple of fun questions that I ask all of my podcast interviewees and the first one is if there was a podcast about your life what would it be called oh my gosh that is a good one a podcast about my life huh oh gosh that's hmm, i'm trying to think it would probably be like (laughs) serious (laughs) stereotyping myself like the wholesome midwesterner i love it or something like that because that's um i'm really working i've lived in the midwest most of my life and it's it's flyover country and nobody wants to come visit but i'm really embracing my midwesternness especially my midwestern niceness and practicality in terms of world events right now yeah, really. I Well, I tell you, Kathy, I think if you started the Wholesome Midwesterner podcast, I bet you would get a lot of listeners. I think so, too. Or a lot of like just curious people. Yeah, I think I think you'd you'd find your niche pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I like it. I like that title. OK, so the the second fun question is, if you could choose anybody living or dead to have a podcast, this is your fantasy podcaster, who would it be? Who would it be? That's a great question. I want to say the late, great Princess Diana. Oh, yes, yes, Princess Di. Yeah. I'm writing that down. That's a great answer and one we haven't had before. Oh, I would love to hear what she has to say. All of her humanitarian causes. Oh, I'd like to hear the behind the scenes of Buckingham Palace. Yeah, the secrets. Yeah, and maybe that would be the name of her podcast, Behind the Scenes of Buckingham Palace. (laughs) Colin, The Secrets. (laughs) The Secrets. Oh, this has been so much fun, Kathy. I am looking forward to continually listening to XX Will Travel and traveling vicariously through your podcast, if nothing else. Thank you, and have fun in Florida. You will do just fine. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting.